Hello friends, how's it going? It's Matt, you're listening to the latest episode of the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. It's my podcast where I try and uncover the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Thank you for taking the time to tune into this one and I hope you enjoy it. And I've got a feeling you will, to be honest, because this is a really lovely, light and artful conversation with Leia Brassi. Surfer, freediver, spear fisher person, filmmaker, ocean advocate, explorer, writer, water woman, the list goes on. Now I met Leia in summer 2018 in Newquay down in Cornwall. We were both down in Kerno for the launch of Patagonia's Warnwear Tour. And after we had a surf and some lunch at Gilmore's, my mate Elsie's place and the best restaurant in Newquay, if you ask me, we sat down for a conversation about her life and passions. Now one of the things I've realised about this podcast is the most popular episodes are the ones with people who've been thoughtful and courageous enough to follow their own path through life. That's definitely the case with this conversation and with Leia in general. The thumbnail sketch is that she's a surfer from Normandy who spent her life since a teen surfing and travelling. But there is, as you're going to hear, much more to it than that. Leia is somebody who's deeply thoughtful about her relationship with her environment. And in that, I mean in the broadest two-way sense, as in how her own actions affect the environment and how her relationship with the environment affects her mood and sense of fulfillment and it soon becomes evident that this gently questing approach is something that Leia brings to every aspect of her life whether it's the food she eats and buys the possessions she owns the journey she takes or more obviously her literal relationship with the sea and the rawness of nature she talks a lot during our conversation about simplicity stripping back and I think that's the main thing I took from it really how this is basically the inspiring story of somebody continually stripping away the fripperies of life and inessential layers to reach an understanding of the balance required to live a fulfilling existence. And there's an honesty and courage to this approach that is really inspiring. I think a lot of you are going to get a lot out of uh, layers path through life. I mean, I think everyone can relate to this often tiring or guilt-ridden idea that buried somewhere deep within ourselves is a better version of us. And, uh, you know, you might find it every now and again, but most of the time it's a bit of a battle and you feel guilty because you're not living up to those standards. To hear Leia's story, you kind of realise it doesn't have to be this way and understand that the small decisions of life can actually be part of an ongoing, honest dialogue with ourselves about the type of life we want to live. So I really enjoyed it. Got a lot out of it, as you can probably tell. Going to leave the intro there for now. I'll be back at the end. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Leia Brassi on the art of simplicity. Enjoy. Used to. Ah, <laughs> uh, it sounds like surfing in uh, in England as well, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, do you, and do you get um, is it wind swell mainly or ground swell? Do you get do you get swells there or? Oh no, it's ground swell as well. Yeah. Um, just um, it's it, it has to be west in, in order not to be blocked by the by Br- Brittany. Sure. And uh, and England, so it's kind of very west is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we so you probably get a little bit more ground swell than we do, because for us it has to kind of wrap around, you know, and then hit the south coast. So. Yeah. Because I live in uh, in Brighton. Okay. which is about an hour south of London okay so yeah. we we surf boys generally like really terrible wind swell <laughs> crazy southwesterlies you know to get yeah. the to get the swell like I see that sounds familiar <laughs> yeah exactly like find the shelter behind the harbour wall to like get get in you know yeah that's so what I'm, I grew up with <laughs> yeah yeah um Tommy Leia how are you 
I'm very good. What yeah, about you? I'm good. Yeah, enjoying being in Newquay. Yeah. First time here this year, actually, I think. Yeah, have you been here before? Once, a couple of years ago. Yeah? Yes. And what, what was the occasion that time? Um, I actually came um, with Patagonia to um, for the, the Ulex wetsuits. Okay, Yeah. right. So similar for this trip? A little similar, yeah. We were testing the wetsuits uh, with the new material okay um, yeah made of uh, Evera trees and uh, yeah so it was the beginning of the um, new ulex generation okay <laughs> right so how long are you here on this trip short trip only four days okay yeah. so i'm on my way between uh, french polynesia and, and france yeah so i stopped over <laughs> stopped over in Newquay. it's quite a contrast i know <laughs> yeah from french polynesia but um, as silly as it sounds i actually really like um that transition and that kind of weather it's uh I enjoy it. I Did mean, that's the same kind of weather I'm from. And this is classic North European weather. Yes. Like summer yeah. weather, 18 degrees, kind of cloudy. It's what we're used to. So how is French Polynesia? It's always wonderful. I yeah. Mean, so you live there for some parts of the year and then other parts of the year you come back to Europe. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I'm always attracted to go back there. It just I think that's where I get my fill up with energy and spend like quality time in the ocean yeah i think that's where i get my inspiration from okay and, uh, so i always tend to go back and in between <laughs> yeah and i saw from your instagram you were there with uh, kimmy and liz clark right yeah i did meet with my girlfriends um from the, uh, the patagonia surf team as well yeah and um, we had a few days a little off the grid just spending quality time we didn't spearfish too much just once because uh, the weather was really bad and and same for surfing but we did like spend some some quality time talking about our lives our adventures our hopes and our fears and yeah yeah, girls (laughs) yeah yeah do you get to spend time with those guys uh very often uh it's actually quite rare unfortunately yeah um every now and then yeah Yeah. these she lives on another island, but I tend to see her more often. But then Kimi, it's only when I visit in Hawaii or then when, when we go on a trip together. Um, yeah. But um, to me, it's important to have girlfriends who have the same kind of um, lifestyle. And it's not that common to sure. meet other women living that way. And uh, it's uh, empowering and encouraging to to share our stories together yeah Mm -hmm. so is that important to you because obviously like you say the lifestyle that you that you have is conventionally fairly unusual so it's important to you to to share that that story and to help other people understand what it is you do yeah oh of course i mean first of all i do it because i'm passionate and because the ocean is my passion and i just want to spend as much time as i can like being in the ocean but it's also very important it's become very important for me to share it because only for myself it's not worth it it's just i want to share the experience and and inspire other people to like follow their their inner feelings of of more time in nature and just a, a lifestyle that's more respectful of the environment and more respectful of of life in general and um yeah i mean it's little things but it makes it I think it makes quite a difference if, if, if it's on a larger scale. So Yeah. Do you think it's difficult for people to, to achieve that, that life, that balance that you that you're describing in, in an in a day to day life? Um, I think it is challenging, yeah. It really depends um where you live and what kind of community you're in, but 
it's not easy definitely not easy and um and it's an effort of the daily life to actually make little changes that that have their importance and go a long way but um whether it's um just changing the source of your food or being critical about um packaging about consumption choices that stand the difference you want to make yeah. and then you have to assume it in society yeah um it's not always easy to um refuse because something because there is too much package or just ask the producer what he uses as fertilizer or pesticides and sometimes those questions are they, they just come across a bit awkward and sure and it's just hard to explain like to show it's only goodwill for for your your own health and for the health the health of your family or the environment you know but it's like all these little differences are just difficult to to assume so the more we are to do it the, the less it's difficult for the individual well it so. can be it can be um quite a revolutionary thing in a small way can't it if you if you do challenge those things because they're so accepted in the day-to-day -day. like everybody is on a certain path and yeah. if you if you question talking about like the consumerist nature of our society if you could question any part of that really yeah. it's quite rare and if you do it even on the level that you're talking about it can stand out can't it even oh, yeah. it, even in a way it can take courage really to do that on, on that small level oh totally take it takes courage and and it takes confidence but i mean little by little you earn satisfaction from it and i think you also earn respect from from the producer you're asking and um those are like long-term long-term investments in in terms of uh, the consumer relationship with his producer the way i see it is uh, you're not only buying food once from the same person you it's like a long-term um, relationship with with the, the person that produces whether it's vegetables or I don't know, bread or honey or... Yeah, whatever. I saw the blog that you wrote actually about mm -hmm. that on your website, like mm -hmm. the re like how rewarding it can be to have that, those relationships with the yeah. different suppliers and in, in, you know, the local market or whatever. Yeah. And like you say, build up that relationship, build up that trust. Mm -hmm. But that trust didn't like build in one day. Sure. Um, I did was the annoying consumer at first who was just asking embarrassing questions. Yeah. Whether it's like... Where do you get your um, milk from to make your cheese? Like, what do the goat eat in, in summer, in winter? Um, do you use um, pesticides on your on your fruits? And what what kind of um, a flour do you use for your bread? And how is your chicken fed? And all these questions just came across very uncomfortable for sure. me as a consumer but also for the person in front of me I mean it took some time to get the confidence of, of the person in front of me and slowly but surely it became a strength between the consumer and the producer yeah and helps I think to strengthen the relationship yeah and, 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 after and the 10 years, like a lot of them are, are friends so yeah. what I mean there is that uh, it takes courage at the beginning but you do um, you do get rewarded everybody gets rewarded yeah so from looking at your career and in researching the work that you do before the conversation that we were going to have seems to me that striving for a balanced life is is really important to you in terms of how you live and living simply is this something that has been important to you since a young age yeah i think i i grew up um 
with a, a family w where we were not very consuming much. I come from a background of um, farmers and, um, and you know, my parents had like raised us with values of reusing, recycling, not having, um, it was really rare that I would get a new backpack or something yeah. it would always like be handed by someone I mean it was kind of a bummer when I was younger because I, I was never trendy and yeah I thought that was so lame to be honest and yeah, yeah it wasn't fun you know yeah <laughs> but um but give you it gave you the principles yeah definitely and um later I don't know I I, I found more more sense when I was when I was older because um it matched um, a lot of the um, the things I could witness. Like I, I, as an early age, I could witness that the environment was already quite um, endangered, and I I mean it, I linked it very easily. I can't really explain why, but um, I wasn't told those values when I was younger. Okay. I was just told like, don't waste, reuse, repair, like be careful with your clothes like we don't want to buy new ones and yeah. stuff like that but sure. there was the, the meaning wasn't necessarily there i found the meaning by myself after when i was traveling and when i was just experiencing life myself so you could connect your Does. own personal experience with the wider situation basically yes. from mm -hmm. this from this experience okay so um, i'm assuming that surfing was a big a big part of this then this kind of understanding so when did you surfing was um it was like glasses i was looking through I was looking at the world through the glasses of surfing because I started surfing with my brother when I was about 12, so okay. that's 20 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the, on in the Normandy. beaches of Normandy. Yeah. And not the world's easiest place to learn. <laughs> Definitely not. No, no. But, uh, it was more about the raw contact with the ocean than it was about the art of surfing yeah. really to be fully honest because well, you, it was you, so you rough you have to love it i think if you grow up in that environment because mm -hmm. it's it's not easy is it that surfing lifestyle it's pretty wild you know the conditions aren't great when i look back at it it was rough yeah yeah um, yeah my mom told me the other day that when i first started that i was very i was small and skinny and she said well you would come back from the water with blue leaps and I was feeling very guilty. Really? <laughs> I was wondering whether I should let you go or... But your smile was so wide and you looked so happy that I figured it was worth it. <laughs> was, were there many other girls surfing while you grew up surfing? Uh, I remember one older and that's about it, yeah. Right. <laughs> and what was it that you liked about it back then? Do you remember? I, there was something about the ocean, the contact with the ocean, something wild and the fact I could just let my emotions go. I, I, could be, I remember just like being extremely happy, being extremely frustrated because I couldn't get past the waves or being... Everything was just very intense in terms of emotions. Yeah. And um, there was no restriction in how to express them. And, right. Uh, it was, I think it was... Uh, allowing my my soul and my body to fully let go my emotions and um i don't know fully express myself yeah yeah that makes sense yeah of course you know, yeah I, is that something that you still a connection that you still have today with surfing is it is is that still the main appeal it, yes it's still the main appeal because i have that 
energy I like to let go. Yeah. And uh, of course, um, I mean, yeah, it it does level my my quantity of energy. I have to say. Yeah. But um, it's not something I find easily when I am on a beach where there is a lot of people. That's where I tend to travel to places where it's a little remote okay, and that's a little private. That's my unique relationship to surfing. Yeah. Is actually, it's more of a relationship to wilderness yeah ocean rawness kind of okay so th- so that was uh, a reason to travel for you to try and yeah. explore that more yeah push on those boundaries yeah of finding my s- myself into remote places and yeah just not that i really like to be by myself but it's just i needed a, a good definition of it is that i needed a much wider picture of nature and a m- much smaller picture of myself <laughs> that's a really nice way of putting it gave you a background on, upon which to see yourself basically mm-hmm. like on a big canvas almost yeah yeah totally so the travel is obviously something that you're really uh known for you know you've lived in different places you've mm-hmm. made you've done projects in different places has that been the lifestyle that you've lived since you were quite young then was yes. that was that an early realization that you thought actually that's that's what I want to do with this I want to travel more I want to see more of the world I think it's it more that what I wanted to do it's something that was natural to me yeah I've just always been curious to see other places other culture how nature was the place of nature in other cultures was really something that was driven to yeah right discover. yeah how, how will the cultures experience nature yeah and yeah, how what's the place of nature in different cultures because we have our own on the in the western world we have our own way thinking nature is something that like this we keep, uh, keep it at arm's length you know yeah almost put it over there and yes yeah it's let it grow over there yeah. but not there it's not something we deal with kind of like oh that is very nice and well shaped. I'll, I'll work with it. You yeah. know, it's like no, I want it flat. I'm just gonna flatten it. Exactly. And um, I knew something was wrong about that point of view, or consideration. And I needed other examples to, just to match my my feelings okay. when I was younger. Right. So that's when. So you went, went to explore that. When I yeah, and and when I got to discover other cultures that were actually more like the maori people in new zealand for instance or like which is actually the polynesian people sure that they belong to a place and f- therefore they have uh, they have to take care of that place they are defined by by the geography of the place and they because they're related they have to take care of that place and it, it just it was new to me and it was very life-changing thing. It's, it's a bit of a strong word, but um, then I thought, all of a sudden, I thought, okay. I got very emotional. I, all, all of that kind of, it validates what I've always thought, but I could never find echo in whatever was witnessing. So it was really strong to me as a, as a young adult. So, and is that, I'm guessing that's something that continues to develop that relationship and that understanding the more you travel yeah definitely and the more cultures you experience mm-hmm. yeah for sure um it's just uh, i think in, in instead of uh, arrogance it brings respect and then with respect comes a lot of more in the understanding yeah and um uh, just a, a f- 
more meaningful experience. Yeah. Mm. On your website, you know, you say surf, spearfishing, freediving, sailing. Yeah. Did these interests develop at the same time as surfing? No, surfing was definitely the first thing I was introduced to. And for very many years, it was my main focus. Just because I was lucky enough to be brought to surfing, but not necessarily it took years for me to discover other things yeah um you know just it wasn't that accessible and that's just what it was and um and when i started doing other activities in the ocean i realized i could have just been really keen on sailing or really keen on on diving on rowing on anything close to the ocean really it was more i think my connection is more a connection to the element than it is to one spot. So it seemed like a art. natural exploration to to start Ex- yeah. experimenting and, and understanding these other exactly. different parts of the experience. Mm-hmm. But it, it it is true that spearfishing of all these activities is the one that uh, resonates the most in me because because of it links my connection to the ocean and my connection to food. Yeah, and I think I that comes from like more of my family background as farmers. I wanted to ask you about food actually because yeah. I really sense that you are passionate about food, and it's something that perhaps you grew up with. And and is that is that correct? Oh yeah, oh, it's totally true. Yeah, because yeah. I could see that even in the the Iceland film actually when you were preparing the yeah, it was <laughs> so thoughtful and and careful you, you know what i mean like and i yeah. you, you could see that that was something that that was gonna oh thank you you were taking mm. the time to to do that to because it would be important on the journey yeah and then well, and then with the spear fishing as well that's what i wanted to ask you about because it seemed like it's a it almost completes that connection right that you're talking about your connection exactly. with the with the environment and then with food and yes yeah, so it's interesting that you bring that up um spear fishing is definitely a very complete activity in the sense that it it is recreational it is um bringing a lot of understanding of the un- like of the environment yeah um of the food chain of because to in order to fish a fish you have to understand what he likes to eat and where you find that kind of food and then how to behave underwater in order to bring that fish close enough to you to uh, be able to get it yeah and and then once once you have it you have to kill it which means you have to be back to your like it's it's not um necessarily an easy thing it's not necessarily an easy thing to do and then you have to cook it and then you have to share it with your uh with your hood and um and it and i mean it fuels you up for for other activities it's a very from a to z it it makes a lot of sense yeah and um not even mentioning that that's the most selective way to get meat i mean when i mean say meat i mean animal flesh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah any not not this, not restricting to land yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and um I mean, for all these reasons, it just matches all of my convictions. And I love holding my breath and being underwater in a very silent world because surfing is above water and is always in motion. Yeah. It's kind of noisy too with with the waves. Yeah. And as much as I love that rhythm and that dance with the, the way that the ocean breathes and makes waves, you know, 
As much as I love that, I love the underwater silence and the stillness of the water that's underneath and seeing like the life of the ocean on its own. You know, it's just like it's a there's a lot of things going on down there on a yeah, different yeah. pace. Yeah. And uh, it, to me, it just it's complementary. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's an emotional experience totally. to you as well. But I, I do have a very emotional connection to yeah. everything I do. So yeah, yeah. sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. Right, sometimes it can be a problem. For surfing and spearfishing, it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so when you hunt, how, how does it make you feel? Obviously, it's something that you take, by the sounds of it, extremely seriously, like the responsibility almost to hunt your own food and then and then yeah. to feed feed yourself with it. Oh, yeah, to, like totally. It's To me, it's... Uh, has uh, consequences the worst thing for me would be to kill a fish and not eat it like yeah. i just can't i can't do that i can't just kill it and let it rot like and yeah I, yeah it has to it's something for, for, i do so to for eat. sport as, as yeah. people might say yeah so um, well, we don't have that connection with the food we eat really in the west do we we just don't i mean obviously obviously no. people do hunt and and kill and eat food but you would say the absolute majority of people in the West do not have that relationship with, with the food that we eat. And Unfortunately not. That's a really recent thing if you think about it. I mean, that's probably like, I don't know, last 80 to 100 years maybe? Or oh, maybe, maybe not even. Yeah. You know? my, I mean, if I go back to my childhood, on Sundays we had, um, I remember walking in my grandparents' yard and there would be the, the tail of a rabbit, like tied to the door because they just killed a rabbit for for lunch you know and that's only a couple generations ago yeah i mean it's not in every family but it's a lot of people can tell that kind of story i'm not an exception of course yeah. and um they were raising the rabbit to eat them so yeah i don't think it goes back that that far and uh but there is something about there's something around like not killing animals and i mean it's a long <laughs> And difficult topic, but at the end, I think it's actually very simple. Is that I don't like to kill animals, but um, I like to eat animals every now and then because that's part of my culture, I guess, and diet. And sure, but I have so much respect for it that I am really selective and I eat very little. Yeah, um, other than that, I just I'm mainly vegetarian if yeah. I look at it, you know. But once, if if I'm able to know where the food, co- the the meat or the fish comes from, and I know it's sustainably farmed or fished, and of course if I catch it myself, it's even better. Yeah. But then, then that kind of food I respect a lot, and I cook it as much as I can. I don't waste anything, and I make the most of it, you know. And then that that's, it's a treat for me, and and um. And o- and also one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about you know the lifestyle and the the voyages that you do with your partner Vin- Vincent right yeah yeah um, which is something that you've been obviously making films about and exploring through through your website and your blog this is also part of the balance right experiencing new adventures together yeah. and new journeys together has that always been something that you guys have done. Um. No, I mean, uh, both of us have had our experiences before. We used to do that on our sides. We've kind of like, we've put together the experience just because um, 
it made sense and it was logical. It was just matching, you know. <laughs> yeah. But we we were doing that before on on our on each side already. Yeah. yeah. So is this when your surf career began to develop, if you like, when perhaps you thought there was an opportunity to to take it wider than Normandy and and almost have a bit more of a career, if you like, with surfing. Yeah, I w never really thought I would have a career. I would never thought at 32 I'd still be like in the surf sure. world, to be fully honest. And that's really? still surprising me. But because um, I kind of did it the other side around because I started as working as a nurse for a long time and yeah. it just came, came later. But none of my choices were in order to make a career. Like my choices of leaving Normandy for surfing when I was I was very young, it, it was just based on my desire of, of adventure and experiencing life really it wasn't based on trying to do a career in surfing and sure. find recognition or anything it was yeah, just based yeah. on my gut feeling of going out there and and seeing the world and and growing as a person and just be the best human being i could be yeah. hopefully where were some of those early trips that you took then, back um, then? Ireland, when I was 15. Wow, uh, okay, so that's young. Yeah, for two and a half months with the the van of my grandparents and my older brother. Right, so you're independent from a... I mean, that's young, right, to, to do that? Yeah, I had to um, I had to leave home early. Yeah, So you were happy to do that for part of the adventure? Oh, to, yeah. To make I these trips? And I was stoked, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah. Just everything was so different. New ways of doing things, of thinking, of seeing the world. It was uh, it was a revolution for me. Yeah. I could, I just could. Um, the door was open to think different, just to be different. But in the same time, everything was so wide and and wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of of emotions of. Um, I don't know. It's just, you know, when you're that age and you get to experience life without the restriction of education or like uh, or parents. The, yeah, the filter of, of parents. It's, yeah. it's very intense. It's yeah, very I mean intense. that's like almost the really uh, influential years, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, very influential. Because those are almost because you know you're like on the border between childhood and adulthood aren't you really oh yeah at uh, this age more on the childhood side yeah completely <laughs> i mean you know now like 15 you feel when you're 15 you think you're old don't you yeah. and uh, and then when you look at a 15 year old now you're like wow you <laughs> yeah. know you're, you're you are a child but yeah you to but you can still have one foot in the grown-up world and one foot in the childhood yeah. world and you can still have these experiences like you're talking about like you can go to i mean when i was 16 i went to poland from england on the coach for like 36 hours on my own you know like and yeah similar thing you know it's like you they're the things that shape you right mm -hmm. they're the things oh, that, that 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 kind of put you on the path that you're going to follow but if i'm being honest um if i had a a 15 years old daughter now i'd be i'd be worried to let her go by herself like i've got <laughs> i've had some pretty pretty funny stories but sure i i wouldn't want my child to do that and knowing that everything can go wrong very quickly yeah 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 <laughs> it was uh i've always been lucky and i've always been like smart enough to s 
just like navigate my way but gosh it was life is wild out there <laughs> yeah yeah well were your parents were supportive of your decisions though to yeah i mean i, I think i had that i had that fire of of adventuring the world and there's nothing that could really stop me so my mom was smart enough to not tell me no yeah but be like call me whenever you need yeah, me yeah, yeah. <laughs> give you here's here's uh here's my number make sure you call it yeah give you enough support but also give you the freedom to yeah it's tricky right it's a it's tricky, super tricky tricky balance to i mean it. i can't thank her enough for um for respecting my personality back in the days you know yeah because it it was really I'd, i'd be very scared if it was my own child to be honest really that's yeah. that's funny knowing like all this crazy i i never really told her one tenth of what happened <laughs> right but yeah she knows <laughs> yeah 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 so you also make films as well yeah well i've intended to <laughs> yeah no I, the iceland film's great i really thanks. enjoyed it yeah thank you very much um i look like a great trip thank you yeah mm. so what was the best experience on that one um i like the process of preparing everything so once you're out there you don't need you don't need assistance yeah uh, and and then deal with whatever you've prepared whatever the conditions are and i, I really like that because um it just allows my head to stop thinking about what if you know it's just like it's gonna be okay and i'm gonna make the most of this experience yeah and it's just it's a relief from from having access to everything all the time, you know. I sure. just I kind of like to shut down a little uh, some of the doors that we have always open in yeah. our world that's so fast and and furious. <laughs> yeah, well there's a few things that you say on on some of the things I've read that you've written. You know, you say like I believe like the less possessions I have the happier I am like if I share mm. more and this and it's more about community yeah over individualism then I'm happier and it it does seem like it's almost a process of reducing outside influences sometimes to yeah. have a pure experience mm -hmm. does, is that is that kind of what you mean oh totally yeah, yeah. oh it's totally what I mean yeah. yeah it's totally what I'm looking for to in that kind of trip yeah. yeah so that's one of the things that you're looking for consciously when you make these journeys to oh yeah to, to simplify basically yes because I think it's not that easy on um on the daily life to have that kind of experience and it's not that easy when you travel to places because Obviously, everything is new, and simplifying is not the first thing that comes across. You know, yeah. It's just so you always find new needs, and you're excited for, for I don't know, new goods, new yeah, new possessions. Yeah. Simplifying is actually sounds simple, but it's it's not the easiest thing to do at all. And uh, I've recently stayed to some friends, um, some friends' place, and I. Sh It's just I had a, a stopover in in a plane and I, I stayed two days at my friend's place and he was away and um, I haven't seen him in a while and I go in that apartment and it's it's barely just a few furnitures and it's basically empty yeah and uh, it's just he's been like into the minimalism uh, concept and and gosh I was like um my life is quite simple and I'm not attached to my belongings yet 
I'm really not there. <laughs> like right. this is another level. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. very impressed for like it's really hard to get to to let go of most of your things, you know. It's well, I think, you know, I always think we're we're encouraged to uh, make emotional attachments to possessions, aren't we? You know, yes, to that's have true. to have and often certainly in my case those connections aren't really real i, yeah. I realize mm -hmm. and they they're almost like habit yeah so like it might be no yeah exactly no or like you know that's that thing but then when you actually think about it like actually what does that actually mean it doesn't mean anything you know it's just a thing that i've built up in, in my head so yeah it can be difficult to break down that i guess pattern that exists really yeah i think some emotional connections are good yeah and it's of a question course. of realizing which which one aren't that good you know or, but uh, what or aren't do real is one where for instance is also to encourage that connection between yeah. um one piece of clothing and your experience and i mean i think that is really serving oneself and the perp and the idea of of reducing our consumption so that's fine but then it's more like um, it's just a more about quantity. Yeah. You can be attached to a few things, but you can't be attached to that many things. You know, it's just a, I think it gets unreasonable when it's just the quantity is too much. Yeah, this, um, and there must be a limit. You know, there must be like an emotional limit to what you can actually connect to. Really, it's true. Yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the simplicity that we're talking about. Can you find that in, you know, we, we discussed how you find it in journeys mm -hmm. and adventures. How do you find it in everyday life? <laughs> I know it's, it's maybe redundant, but it comes like food is really a good example for me for simplicity. And it's really the base of my efforts, definitely. Yeah. So it seemed it, to me like it's just eating very raw from very raw ingredients and uh, just as, as little processed food as possible um, like no refined food no refined sugar refined flour I just try to like simplicity means rawness to me in yeah. terms of food and uh, that satisfaction is is really strong and kind of it kind of like um, goes into other uh, topics of my daily life and established life as well okay so, um, i just try to replace rather than add like after if if i want a new board for instance i'll maybe i'll i get i have a new board and and the other one i, I can like even like lend to someone or like and I try not to always add but like to replace something you know what I mean yeah yeah sure yeah, yeah. and uh, same with books or things like that you yeah. know it's just because it takes room on the shelf and it's yeah. not necessary and if it if I've read it then maybe somebody can so it's like take a con like a renewal like yeah yeah in that sense yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay and with with um, food obviously you're talking about the the provenance like the understanding of where things come from and yeah is the ritual of cooking and, and feeding people is that also important to you yeah definitely yeah and this is yeah. part of it yeah it's part of it yeah yeah do you find that therapeutic like relaxing that process um i find it therapeutic and relaxing when 
I have my habits, but I actually find it a little stressful when I don't know where to um, where to get my my food. I don't yeah. know if you get it. So yeah, sure. back home, it, it is totally relaxing and therapeutic. Yeah, when you know where everything is and you've got your, your, your routine. and yeah, yeah, because when I don't know where to get quality stuff, and like local quality foods it is to me it's more stressful than anything because it became at first it was something i enjoyed but it it became a need that's really something that it's just it's imprinted in my in my cells i i, sh I just get very upset when all i can find is processed food and yeah highly packaged terrible sandwiches <laughs> yeah so yeah 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 and do you do you need routine sometimes do you, do you find that you um, that you i haven't like i have strictly like i have no routine at all but i i feel like i miss it yeah <laughs> yeah do you, do, when you do you have places that you can get back to and and find a routine to sort of ground you sometimes is that some yeah i do i do but um i have that tendency of um it's easier for me to always be on the road kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's just my pattern. Yeah. And uh, something, I don't know. Yeah, something that you, the way you've lived and the way you're used to. Yeah, it's, it seems sometimes I don't know other ways, but I yeah. do, but I but I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. My easy way is, is on the road, is yeah. what I mean. Like, it's just the way I do it. Mm. Yeah. So you're back to uh, the Southwest now? Yes. Yeah. To and what's Paris. for the for this winter? Um, yeah, at least for the autumn. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. what's the plan, surf? Uh, the plan is to. Um, I'm working with um, a TV documentary series for uh, Arte. Okay. And uh, so yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna meet with Pierre Rabi. Do you know Pierre Rabi? Uh, no. He's the um, father of the permaculture in okay. France. Uh, very, inf very interesting and forward-thinking philosopher and a man who is his hands on 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 earth like he's, yeah yeah, he's, uh, yeah he's a gr like a grower he's developed the concept of the colibri it's just uh something i've been very sensitive to basically um the idea is that you find happiness in acting in harmony with your convictions yeah and by doing that um being more happy and, and strengthening your your values, you find happiness and it, it gives it just spreads the example around you. Yeah. And um, the the idea too is that um, you can uh, you can only do start by doing your own share. Yeah. Of of, of the pro like solving the their own share of your problem and being part of the solution rather than the problem. Yeah. And um, this is um his um philosophy has really inspired me okay. because at some point i was a bit discouraged by what shall i do how how to be a good citizen in the world i want and, yeah right and influence things in the in the right direction and uh it was a part like a part of my life where i just when I didn't find answer, I was a bit sad. Like it, I just was concerned about how to deal with that. Yeah, how do uh, you, so how to put your beliefs on a wider scale? Yes, almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, it, yeah, this, his philosophy was really um, 
like a mind opener to me and right. I, I just I felt part all of a sudden I felt part of of a community that was thinking the same way and uh, although they are a lot more from a, a, a agriculture background it just is the same values but that I have but just in a different environment mine is more like sports and ocean yeah. and you know but it's the same thing and uh it was a it was a real relief and it, it gave a lot of sense to what I do and it just it was more it was easier to explain yeah. what I believe in and because that movement is quite big now in France it's quite it's growing quite big and yeah. it, but it's more in the countryside sure and then basically I would be like well I feel like I'm a colibri but from the ocean yeah <laughs> uh, right okay because they the center point of of their philosophy is the hummingbird okay. I'll make it short, but basically, it's it's because of an um, African tale that that says um, there is a big forest in the jungle, and uh, it's so big that all the animals are just desperate, and nobody moves, and they don't know what to do. So they don't do anything. Right. And then there is the hummingbird who's like filling up his beak with with uh, just one drop of water because that's all he can he can load and going and spit it on the fire and it like it keeps going back and forth like that yeah and there is the big tattoo um it's like a big animal looking yeah. at it and it's like what are you doing <laughs> like this is useless and the hummingbird says well it might be useless but at least i'm doing my share right if okay. every everybody does yeah so yeah yeah there would be a lot more fire and a lot more water in the fire sure and, um, yeah Basically, the so uh, the hummingbird is, is is kind of their it's their logo and yeah, their it's like a ma- metaphor for how you can contribute basically ex- exactly yeah. and and the hummingbird it does he stays active and he, he stays hopeful yeah and so he's positive so he shows a, around a good energy and he w- he helps others to feel higher energy and to want to help but it's it's a very um, it's just it's very communicative and it's very positive so yeah uh, sometimes it's just it, it gave me an opportunity to define myself because those people were the same but just in a different field yeah so it so gave I you sound like a hummingbird from the ocean it gave of. you it gave you the context to like put your ideas into a bigger pattern yeah. and all of a sudden when you when you feel like you are part of, of something it it's a relief and I don't know because for me it was a bit of a struggle for many years to be that different you yeah know? yeah because um, my choices were just they would be so different people would not necessarily understand why i was doing all that yeah i was gonna say i mean i guess it can be quite lonely you know in a way because you are making like we said quite courageous decisions that go against the normal way of doing things so i guess it it was one of the things i was going to ask you actually because you know like the choices that you make and that you've made, they are very individual, aren't they? So I guess one of the questions I was going to ask you is like, how do you translate that to a community or a wider mm-hmm. stage, which is kind of what you've explained really, essentially. Mm-hmm. It was almost a relief to, to find that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It just all of a sudden, everything was clearer and, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and you're going to make a documentary? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm just part of a documentary series. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. great. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Next well, year. I think we uh, 
we need to move on to the next thing. I think it looks like there's, uh, there's talks about to happen. But yeah, Leia, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, and, uh, it's great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. Thank you. So there you go. That was my conversation with Leia and I hope you enjoyed it. After this one, we had another surf at Fistral, which was going great until I was ambushed by a gang of groms in a comedy bout of hipster localism. Ah, well, proper ruined my chi after that grounding chat with Leia. That did. Don't mind telling you. Anyway, got to thank my friends at Patagonia for the hospitality on that trip, particularly my pals Yella Mull, Alex Weller, Gabe Davis and Louise Brilly Wilson. Yeah, great trip. Enjoyed it. The more eagle-eared among you, which is not a thing, but I thought it was funny, so I'm going to say it anyway, will have noticed that I held that one back from last summer. No real reason, really. Just waiting for the right moment. And, uh, you know, it's been quite a blokey and snowboardy run recently, so I thought the time was right for Leia's perspective to mix it up a bit. As ever, if you enjoyed it, please do consider sharing it or letting me know that you liked it. That'd be nice. So what else is going on? Well, I'm off to Norway pretty soon. Might actually be by the time this comes out. Lofoten, Lofoten, Arctic Circle. Anyway, must say I'm extremely excited about that one. Never been. Turned down a trip to Terrier's Arctic Challenge in the year 2000 when I was running White Lines with Ed. And, uh, and Nick Hamilton and Chris Moran and Chod. I can't even remember why I didn't go. Uh, I was do- I was living in Chamonix, couldn't go. Ed went, never had the chance to go back until now. So I'm pretty happy. Been invited there by the aforementioned friends at Patagonia for their first snow impact camp. Quite a cast list, actually. Podcast alumnus Nicholas Walken, climber Zoe Hart, Reps from Protect Our Winter, Dan from Save Our Rivers, Joelle, I believe you pronounce it, from My Blue Planet, and journalists like, well, me, Matthew from uh, Snow Surf, plenty more. We're going to be splitboarding, taking part in workshops, checking out Lofoten, Lofoten. Please let me know what you actually say that. It's getting a bit embarrassing. I'm pretty excited, and I, of course, will keep you posted on any podcast developments. Um, I will be spamming the shit out of that on Instagram, no doubt. So you, we look at we look sideways if that sounds not too annoying. Anyway, thanks for everybody who's been in, taking the time to get in touch with feedback, which obviously I ask for every every week, and then I put it on Insta, usually on my Insta stories, which is pretty pretty comedy. Usually get a good dialogue with people going on there. Um, I got a first time listener, obviously it was a man who got in touch after listening to the Jeremy Jones episode and advised me to drop the lengthy intros uh, for the self-confidence of some kid on Instagram who having never heard of a podcast with 70 episodes in the bank and countless hundreds hours of work and effort involved, feels entitled enough to get in touch and uh, suggest changes that will suit their own specific perspective. I mean you got to love it, really. I'm going to completely ignore him, obviously, but I can't help but applaud the sense of entitlement behind it. But then, I guess, that is the internet, really, isn't it? But keep them coming anyway, even the hate mail. Always uh, always great to read the messages and feedback, even the dickish ones, you know, I kind of enjoy them as much as the, the praise, really. So, yeah, hit me up, podcast at wearelookingsideways.com, Instagram at wearelooksideways. Um, yeah, be good to hear from you. All right, that's it for this week. I'll be back with another episode soon. In the meantime, enjoy yourselves. See you later.